This podcast was produced by Big Night Media, a proud partner of Big Night Entertainment. Hey, you know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. Drives down and throws it down! This is my MC! That's the MC! What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? How we doing, how we doing? And welcome to episode 218, episode 218 of the Banner Banter Podcast. I'm your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. How's everyone doing? I hope you had a great weekend. You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. And as you know, I'm part of the Big Night Media team with some great podcasts like the Wicked Fast Podcast with the one and only, the original Brian Bell. No limits with Kevin Cooney. Drinks after work. Eat the damn cake. I'm the promoter. He's the DJ. 30 flirty and surviving. A chance to strive. Daycations. Be fit music you're missing and so many other great podcasts and of course you can always check out card vault breaks if you're into sports cards trading cards pokemon cards whatever the case may be uh every single night whatnot youtube facebook and instagram you can go check them out in person down at patriot place down at foxborough massachusetts or down uh at foxwood resort casino down in connecticut and those fine people at card vault breaks or the card vault whichever one you want to call them are hosting the fenway card show at historic fenway park on may 20th and 21st go to fenwaycardshow.com to purchase tickets and then starting this wednesday april 26th you can purchase your autograph tickets to meet great athletes like uh david ortiz Pedro Martinez, if you've ever heard of them, Jose Canseco, and many other great former Red Sox players. You can always get your Banner Banter Podcast merchandise at BigNightShop.com. You can always follow Big Night Media at Big Night Media on Instagram. And if you haven't heard, I got a nice little deal with WinBet. So download the WinBet app and use the code XBNBanter. I'll repeat that again, XBNBanter banter to get a $100 bet credit when you place a $20 bet through the WinBet Sports app app remember if you or a loved one are experiencing gambling problems please call 1-800-327-5050 and just a quick reminder game five watch party hosted by green runs deep babs on the mic and myself at studio b right next to big night live tickets are on sale right now through ticketmaster.com if you can't make it into the game come on down you are going to be attached to td garden great watch party we had one last night at memoir we had about 100 people show up it's a great time tickets are only five bucks on ticketmaster you can't beat that Purchase them now. They're $10 at the door. Okay, great. A little bit longer than usual with all the uh, the fun stuff I had to talk about, but here we are. The Boston Celtics take a 3-1 series lead after beating the Atlanta Hawks last night, 129-121 to down in the ATL. Very interesting. Confetti fell from the sky once again, and the Celtics pull off a win. Who would have thought, right? Who would have thought? But Game 5 will be Tuesday night at TD Garden at 7.30 p.m. No injuries to report on the Celtics side of things, which is obviously great news. But there is a possible issue with the Atlanta Hawks. And this is going to be very interesting to see where this plays out. For those of you that didn't see, DeJounte Murray, after the game, bumped into an official. It was very weird. It was very bizarre. It almost looked like he like headbutted him. And then ESPN reported that the, MV- that 
the NBA is investigating the situation. And if you remember earlier this season, number 12 bumped into an official and got suspended for one game. So if that's the tone, I wouldn't be surprised if DeJounte Murray gets suspended for game five. Obviously, that's a huge thing for the NBA. Obviously, the NBA is under a lot of heat right now with the Draymond Green situation, the Dylan Brooks situation, the Joel Embiid situation. So it'll be really interesting to see how the NBA handles this. Do they just want the Celtics and 76ers to start playing as soon as possible? It will be because obviously the ratings will be through the roof for that, you know, both diehard fan bases. So it'll be really interesting to see how the NBA handles this situation. Obviously, a really boneheaded move by a very very, very, very good, young, talented player that is DeJounte Murray. So that'll be very interesting to see how that plays out. But let's kind of recap game four. And, you know, like we usually do, we'll talk about the five things that I'm looking for in the playoffs and then give you a quick preview of game five. But I think the biggest headline heading into uh, today after game four is Jalen Brown took his mask off and it worked. You know, mask on, mask off, that future song with the flute or whatever. Um, I think we can all agree this hasn't, this uh, really hasn't been Jalen Brown's best playoff series as of late. I mean, you look at his performance in the NBA Finals last year and it was absolutely ridiculous, but he shot one of seven to start the game and he probably just said, fuck this mask. And it worked. I mean, he only had two points shooting one of seven and then took the mask off and went 11 of 15 from the floor and dropped 29 points and finished with 31 overall. And listen, last episode, I asked for a big game from Jalen Brown and he did exactly that. He only had two turnovers. It, I felt like it should have been about 12 with the amount of times he dribbled into traffic. But besides that, I think he played very well and he was very aggressive attacking the rim, which I think is a great thing for him moving forward because now he doesn't really have to be afraid. You know, he's obviously going to get hit in the face eventually but for him to take off that mask and was still to be as aggressive as he was I think is a great thing for him going forward especially confidence wise and a great thing for the team and Tatum said after the game when he looked over and saw that Jalen Brown took his mask off he went oh shit it's go time so I think it kind of motivated and fired up the team that like Jalen was like I'm not fucking around anymore like, let's go. And he attacked the rim. He was great. Jalen was, I mean, 11 of 15 after he took that mask off. That's exactly the game that I needed from Jalen Brown. I think the fans needed it. And more importantly, I think the Celtics needed it. And Jalen Brown really needed it. And just obviously thrilled with his performance. And hopefully that can continue into game five. And there are two other things that I was very happy about about this game. Um, obviously the rebounding, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. But the first is the Time Lord. I mean, holy shit. He came to play and was very physical in this game. Rob finished with 13 points, 15 rebounds, two blocks, two steals. He did it all. Rob, like his presence was felt on both ends of the floor. And that's just something that wasn't a thing in game three. But you felt it in game one. You felt it in game two. And what do you know? They won those games. So if Rob can be a physical presence, rebound the ball well, um, make guys think differently about their shots when they attack the rim, make them kind of be cute with with their shots it it's not going to work out for you if rob williams is there and i thought rob was awesome he was cutting when defenders um went to go pick up the ball you saw that with the with the horford pass and he kind of flexed on them after that and one dunk that he caught and i think he i think it was okongwu that he kind of dunked on but he did play a lot too off the bench almost 30 minutes off the bench for him which is a lot so if the celtics can close this out on tuesday night and Rob can get Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday off before playing again on Saturday, that'd be a huge help for him and for Al 
uh, as well. Really, for everyone. I mean, Marcus Smart is banged up with his back. He obviously kind of twisted his ankle pretty good early uh, on in that game. I think it was the second quarter that happened for him. But last night was the first time in this series that the double big lineup worked for the Celtics, and a huge factor of that was Rob. Now, Al Horford, I know, really wasn't involved in the offense, and I'm looking for him to be more involved, maybe going later in the playoffs. But I think he was like a plus 17 last night, which is, I, I know that's a stupid stat, but I mean, that's still wildly impressive in an eight point basketball game. Wow. Wildly impressive. So, yeah, if if you can win on Tuesday with most with game one being Saturday and game two being Monday, and you give me that Rob Williams performance, and then you congratulate him with here's three days off. <laughs> don't tell me with a good time. And the second thing I want to talk about that I was very happy with was the guard play. Once again, I mean, I feel like if the if Rob is playing lights out like he did, and the three guards are playing lights out with they like they did, this team is really, really hard to beat. Because I mean, Jason Tatum did not shoot the ball very well. I mean, if you take away his free throws, I mean, I think Jason Tatum only has twenty points, but I think he took over twenty shots. He, it was not a great shooting night for him. But Marcus, in my opinion, Marcus Smart was the reason why the Celtics won this game last night. Yes, the Time Lord was great. Yes, Jalen was unreal when he took the mask off. But especially in that second half, Marcus Smart did everything with like a splash of everything. He hit some big shots when the when the Hawks were charging at them, cutting the lead to four or five. Um, and listen, to be fair to Tatum, if you want to talk about hitting big shots, I mean, Tatum started off, what, one of one of eight from three, and then hit three huge three-pointers in the fourth quarter. So I think he ended up shooting four of 13 from three. Again, not the best night for Tatum shooting-wise, but he hit three gigantic three-pointers in that fourth quarter, which was huge. And I love that Tatum got to the line 12 times. I think that was great. I think that was needed for him because I feel like he wasn't getting calls early because I think he only took like one or two free throws in the first couple games. And obviously he doesn't like that. But, and oh yeah, here's the other thing I wanted to talk about. I had a quick little note. When Jason Tatum got fouled hard by Trey Young and shot up and it looked like he was charging after him, kind of made it move a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Kind of made, ooh, hey. All right, JT. Because, I mean, we've never seen that from Tatum before. And that got me fired up. And I think it got the rest of the team fired up as well. They're like, oh, fuck. Tatum never does that. But anyways, back to Smart. Um, if I remember correctly, he scored or assisted on the final 12 points in the first half of the Celtics when the Hawks were making that huge comeback. And then at the end of the third quarter, Smart had that dunk, which was just bonkers. Bogdanovich was guarding him. And he was like, dude, you can't guard me. And literally just blew right by him, dunked, and literally yelled the entire way back to the bench which was awesome. And I feel like that really got the team going to start the fourth quarter because when you have a leader, because I fully believe that a lot of people in that locker room, not everyone, but a lot of people in that locker room believe that Marcus Smart is the vocal leader of that team. And when he does that, that's going to get you fired up. I mean, Marcus has played very, very, very well this entire season. I don't want that to go to his head. Because we all know how that happens sometimes. It's really not great. But bravo to Marcus Smart, not only last night, but the three games before that in this series. Um, Malcolm Brogdon. He dropped 14 points on 60% shooting, and it really should have been 80% shooting because he missed two wide-open layups, one in the first half and one in the second half, which was kind of annoying. Um, but, you know, that's okay. It happens. Four assists for him. He finished with the plus five overall. Bravo to him. Another solid off-the-bench game from Malcolm Brogdon. And then Derek White, 18 points, 4 of 9 from 3. And the guard play, once again, 
was dominant, which helped because the Hawks bench sucked. Remember how good the Hawks bench was in game three? They went like 13 of 14 in the first half. They shot eight of 20 in this game. So it just shows that there was a point, it was a, a point of emphasis, if you will, for the Celtics to really lock up and defend Bogdanovich, Sadiq Bey, Jalen Johnson, Okongu. I'm surprised Jalen Johnson didn't play more in this game. I thought it was weird. I feel like he's had a pretty good series so far, but he only took one shot in this game, which I thought was weird. But I mean, overall, the Celtics won the rebound battle, which I asked for. They played great defense, getting five blocks, which is better than zero. Didn't like their turnovers uh, in that third quarter, but we'll talk about that in a bit. Um, but yeah, I... I, I, I just guess the turnovers will always happen with this team. But they dominated points in the paint. They almost dropped 20 fast break points. They did a lot of the little things right, which is great. So five things I'm looking for in the playoffs in the Boston Celtics. We'll talk about the turnovers real quick. Early in the game, they were terrible with the ball. And I think the, and I think the third quarter, they had five turnovers, which was the most. I think they had four turnovers in the first quarter, four turnovers in the second, and then five. Yeah, right? Because they had 16 turnovers overall. So yeah, they only had three turnovers in that fourth in, in the fourth quarter, and one of them was actually Malcolm Brogdon's offensive foul. So the fact that this team, the Boston Celtics, a team where dumb, sloppy turnovers are in their DNA, only had two real turnovers in the fourth quarter. I mean, how could you not be happy with that? How could you not be thrilled with that? I mean, oh, that has to continue. If you can only turn over the ball twice in the fourth quarter in an Eastern Conference Finals or in the second round or whatever the case may be when you're playing better teams, that's huge. That is huge. And hopefully that can continue moving forward. Three-point shooting-wise, they didn't take more than 40, which I love, and they shot 40%. They're very tough to beat when that happens. Rebounding. In the first quarter, they dominated the board, the boards, only allowing one offensive rebound and they were up 10 at the end of that. And then it was pretty equal rebounding-wise the rest of the way. But that first quarter, they got that big lead. And the reason why is because they controlled the, the boards, and then they never looked back. The Hawks tried, and they didn't do it. Not a lot of second-chance points for the Hawks either. Love to see that as well. So they did exactly what they were supposed to do in this game, and that has to continue the rest of the way, whether it's the Hawks, the 76ers, the Heat, the Knicks, the Bucks, whatever the case may be, it has to continue going forward. Headspace-wise. They won a much-needed game on the road against a pretty jacked-up crowd, especially when DeAndre Hunter got that block. Um, no, I'm sorry, got, yeah, forced a turnover. It wasn't a block. He stole the ball. Um, Trey Young got it, and then DeAndre Hunter dunked the ball, and even Scal was like, holy shit, this place is rocking, and it was loud in there. It really was, and that that didn't matter to them. Because, again, then Marcus Smart scored or assisted on the final 12 points of that first half. They extended their lead again. And the next headspace challenge, the next mental challenge for this team is a closeout game. Because everyone says that the hardest game to win in any series is a closeout game. So let's make that happen and let's grow with the mental health and the and the headspace and just end this series and not make it more difficult for yourself and then rotation wise i mean minus mike muscala playing one minute which i thought was bizarre and odd and not needed i thought joe Missoula was great he's he thought that the double big lineup would work and he stuck with it and it worked so i liked what joe did throughout the entire game so props to him so going into game five what do the celtics have to do I mean, obviously, 
whether DeJounte Murray plays or not, this game is important. This game is needed for a lot of reasons. Of course, you want to get rest. Of course, you want to get healthy. Of course, you want to move on. Of course, you want to prove to everyone that you are for real. And the sooner that the next series starts, the better it is for you, advantage-wise, with some other injuries happening to another team that you could be playing, okay? Obviously, big ifs here and there, but this is a huge win, So, or could possibly be a huge win. So four things I need to see in this game. Number one, rebound the ball well again. It, it has to happen. I know it's repetitive. I know. What a surprise, but it's not weird if it works. So again, you rebound the ball well, it'll be great. Number two, if you get a, off to a hot start, like if it's like 12 to 2, 13 to 4, and TD Garden crowd is rocking, they're going to be like, nah, fuck this. We're good. I'm ready to go on vacation. They got no shot of winning that game if you're a double figures in the first quarter with the crowd rocking. But you got to also keep the foot on the gas pedal, please. Like if you're up 12 or 15 in the second quarter, for the love of God, make it 25. Don't make. Don't let it be a seven-point game throughout the entire game. Please, for the love of God. Number three, make sure their bench doesn't get hot again. Make sure Sadiq Bey and Bogdanovich and Jalen Johnson don't get going again because you could see when their bench gets going and when they feel confident, they're a tough team to beat. But when they suck, they suck. They're not very good. I mean, listen, if Trey Young has to win this game by himself, I don't know if he can do that. Now, if it's Trey Young and DeJounte Murray, they I mean, they got a shot. And listen... I do have to give a shout-out to DeAndre Hunter. I, I, I don't care if he's on the other team or not. He has played a fantastic series defensively, offensively. He's been very, very good, wildly impressive, if you ask me. He has been awesome for them. So, And then number four, push the pace. Get the rebound and run. Make them tired. Make them regret winning game three and having to come back to Boston. I loved how the Celtics got 18 fast break points, and I want 22, 24 fast break points in this game. I need it. I want it. I have to have it. So rebound the ball well. Get off to a hot start to get that TD Garden crowd going. Make sure their bench doesn't get going. And number four, push the pace. Run them into the ground and back to their plane to Atlanta for their vacation. And that's it for episode 218 of the Banner Banter Podcast. Thank you so much for listening as always. New episode out on Wednesday after game five. And hopefully we'll be talking about the Philadelphia 76ers and not game six. Fingers crossed there. So thanks for listening as always. We'll talk soon. Toodles and noodles. X's and O's. Bye-bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.